What's with the coconut tree, pig? Welcome to Are We There Yet? An exploration and education in anime. I'm your anime idiot, Patrick Dugan. I'm an anime expert, Dana Hollander. And I'm Brennan McCullough, your anime... Back off! Don't touch me. Don't... No. Are you clean? Where have your hands have been? Don't touch me. Are you... Okay, all right. (laughs) This can apply to so many things right now. (laughs) (laughs) The pandemic, my mental state, my emotional state... (laughs) general state of being Mm -hmm. uh that that's just my mood towards intimacy which is uh healthy good good stuff have you talked to your therapist about this (laughs) working on it okay good i remember being in high school at my locker and a friend walked by and pat me on the shoulder and i was such gobstruck that i completely forgot my locker combination because I'm so used to, <laughs> unused to physical intimacy of any kind. I'm so touch-starved, I completely forget everything as soon as someone lays a finger on me. A shoulder pat reset my brain, and I had to go to the administration office to unlock my locker. <laughs> uh, someone someone just made you glitch. You just... <gasps> They they found a code, uh, a code they could exploit and just ruined you. They it's, hacked you. It's like, where's the kill switch on this one? Oh, don't worry. It's any physical contact, but that'll never happen. We don't have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what do we have going on this week? Oh, this, we got, it's it's the scurry month. It's that spooky, scary skeleton month with all them Yay. dancing bones. Yeah. Mm, scarier than every other month so far. <laughs> <laughs> but this time we want to be scared by yeah, this like. This one's fun scary. By like yeah. Bette Midler in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> like that kind of scary. The spooky month. Yeah. The so, over the garden wall month. Oh, we gotta watch that. <laughs> Hell yeah. We should all rewatch it. Can we do that for an. Anyway. Uh, so. <laughs> My favorite anime. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured we should watch an actual spooky scary anime. At least. One that I thought was, I, I I don't know much about it, because it scared me as a child, so I didn't dig too deep. Uh, <laughs> but this week we're watching Paranoia Agent. Neato. You know, I got my personal baggage with it, but do either of you have any history with it? I've heard of it, but that's pretty much the extent, and I know that it's Satoshi Kon. Mm-hmm. So, based on the fact that he did Perfect Blue, and I loved Perfect Blue, I'm excited about this. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I just know who made it, but that gives me hope for this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, yeah also, he also did Tokyo Grandfathers. Godfathers. Godfathers. Yeah. We're kind of running through his backlog of work, which I'm okay with. He's very good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you find someone who makes good anime, you latch on to <laughs> You cling on, <laughs> and you pray to God. <laughs> Please keep your streak alive. Well... No. <laughs> but the stuff he did make was good. So, um, yeah, I remember watching just the opening to this uh, late night on Toonami as a kid and being like, oh boy, Inuyasha. And then this came on. I was like, oh, time for bed. <laughs> I'm, I'm tapping out. This one's unsettling. I don't like this. This See? one's not for me. No, this one. Mom tuck me in. Mom tuck me in. <laughs> Tom, you betrayed my trust. <laughs> so yeah i never never really watched it because the opening of it was just very unsettling to me so i'm just like hey you know what i'm good i don't need this in my brain already there's enough stuff up there so yeah i know a bit about it but i never like i said never delved too deep so this will mm. be my first in-depth look at trauma yay oh. we're doing it together yeah we got you we got you we're here for you we're watching it we're not here for you when you watch it but we're here for you like in general i would i would say we're holding your hand through this but um i don't think that'd be good for your um brain apparently. <laughs> yeah that was just shut me down and i'll be comatose for the rest of the episode oh it, it, on the other hand on the, hey wait a minute <laughs> hey hey come here real quick <laughs> this is the special dana and dugan episode <laughs> 
We put Brendan to sleep. It's fine. <laughs> I, I ate a lot of rice before this. It might happen anyway. We fed him a lot of rice and a melatonin gummy. Ooh. And now, <laughs> knocked out. Here we go. Let's go to Betty Bye. I'm out. See ya. <laughs> Quick, while he's asleep, let's watch the first three episodes. Okay, shh. <laughs> <laughs> Or are we? Is it all in your head? No one knows! Ooh. Oh. What happened? What I miss? Oh. What? He woke up. Oh. Ah, oh, dang it. We'll try we'll try again next week. <laughs> More melatonin, please. <laughs> Attempt 108 to get him to fall asleep <laughs> through the episode. <laughs> we already tried warm milk and cradling on me. That just got me sick. That got me real sick. <laughs> the warm milk made him stronger somehow. <laughs> <laughs> my bones they're too strong <laughs> but yeah l- let's talk about some spooky stuff yeah so uh episode one we start out we see a montage of people all uh like making excuses trying to get out of stuff being like oh i'm stuck in traffic i'll be late that's not my department blah 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 uh and then we see an old man writing out this big chalk equation in a park or a uh, parking lot, uh, something. And, and uh, he sees a, a woman in a bus drive by. This is uh, the Satoshi Cone, so we have a lot of just snapshots of things to go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this will pay off in 13 episodes. Yeah, honestly, I, I was very helped by reading a synopsis before taking notes, so I knew like the through line I needed to pay attention to and could let some of the external just like set dressing stuff fall to the wayside which helped (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so we follow this woman uh her name is sakiko and she is a character designer uh she designed a very cute little little dog thing uh named maromi and she's trying to uh come up with her next big character and uh, her boss is like, oh, yep, you're going to blow your last one out of the water. It was the most popular thing we did. So we kind of need you to uh, save this company. So uh, he's like, oh, yeah, uh, w- uh, we'll we'll get it by Monday. You can do that, right? Yeah, great. Perfect. And she's like, oh, fuck, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> My great boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's walking home and uh, she's walking down a dark alley. And she sees an old woman digging through the trash. And she's a little un, uh, uncomfortable, so she like runs away and uh, looks back behind her, and the woman is gone. <gasps> I like to imagine she was just put around the corner, like pressed up against the wall, just like... <laughs> and like the old woman was more freaked out than she was. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Other people. <laughs> um... So she gets into a parking lot, uh, and she trips and drops everything from her bag. A, a bunch of sketches of characters and drawings, and one, like, rolls under a car. She goes to get it and, like, rips her shirt, and she's like, fuck, I have this big creative block. I'm terrified. I rip my shirt and just, like, starts crying. And in her frustration, she looks up. And just sees the shadow of someone attack her. Oh, yeah, spooky. spooky. The so we prowler. see her the next day in the hospital. This is, at this point, a big news story because she is sort of well-known for this very popular character. Uh, and she's being questioned by the police, uh, trying to get information on the suspect, but she can't really remember anything because... She just saw a silhouette attacker, and that was about it. So we got our typical good cop, bad cop 
uh, older guy is like, oh, you're making stuff up, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe you. And then the uh, quote unquote good cop who uh, kind of wants to uh, fuck her is like, <laughs> oh, no, you, you got to be nice. You got to be tender. It's a thing. They talk about it later. You do? I, w- I don't remember that. In the episodes uh, we watched? Yeah. Hmm. Not like super apparent, but he's like, oh, you gotta, uh, she's like a ripe peach. You gotta be gentle with her. And the other cop's oh. like, oh, I bet you want to peel her peach. Uh, he's like, hmm. So, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> I oh, didn't, okay. I guess um, I didn't dwell on it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just the older cop being gross. I didn't think the younger one. I thought he was just being dismissive because she was a woman. Yeah, there's, uh, Stoja Cohn. So a lot of, uh, just very creepy men. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just that's throughout. Fair. Um, so they're uh, questioning her, and all she can really remember is that he was like a grade school aged and sized kid uh, with a something gold and a baseball bat. And they're like, "Okay, that's not really helpful, but we'll we'll try to figure it out." So uh, they leave her alone. We see in the waiting room of this hospital. Uh, we're introduced to Mr. Kawasi. He's just this very skeevy, like, tabloid reporter. Uh, just, uh... He reminds, he reminds me a lot of... Is there, like, a frog character in Spirited Away? Like, yeah, kinda, that's what he looks like. Yeah, that's what he Because he's got, like, <laughs> huge eyes and, like, a real squat body. Yeah, he honestly is one of my favorite character designs in the show because you can just tell how like slimy and mm-hmm. uh, weaselly he is mm-hmm. uh but he's visiting someone because he apparently hit someone hit an old man with a car and he's in the hospital so he went and brought flowers and the man's son is like uh fuck you give us the money you owe us for your reckless driving thing or we'll take you to court again He's like, oh, uh, my next article, I'll get the money. But uh, he's like, fuck off and leaves. So as he's talking to the old man, he sees the two cops and recognizes them because he is uh, a tabloid reporter and sort of an ambulance chaser type guy. So he goes up to the cops and he's like, hey, what, what's the scoop? You got you got something big? And they're like, yeah, go fuck off you're why would we tell you (laughs) yeah uh so he knows that something's up and he scams the nurse pretending to be a cop and uh asks for the patient info he just like flashes a notebook with no badge on it and he's like yeah this will get the job done and it it does yeah this nurse nurse isn't good dumb (laughs) yeah Hey, I got oh, some... yes, the patient in this specific room? Yeah, all he says is like, oh, I had questions for, uh, what's her name? And she's like, oh, you mean this patient? It's like, he he gave you nothing. Like, why did yeah. you? It's also like citywide news at this point that everyone wants to talk to her. Yeah. Because it is like a big case. <laughs> uh, but he starts digging around. He, uh... He's like in a library and borrows a computer from kids looking up some porn. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, but he's uh, going to the woman's uh, workplace, just really trying to dig in and and get a scoop that he can sell. Since this is a big news story, we keep getting like cutaways to news reports and just like people about town talking about it. Just talking about, oh, it's such a repressed society. How could a, a child go and attack someone like this? Oh, kids these days with their cell phones and their sody pop. <laughs> their violent hey, video games. Oh, the worst. Their Bob Ross disgust. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so uh, uh, the cops talk to a man uh, in the area of the attack, and he's like, yeah, there is this... Homeless woman, I guess she's about kid-sized. Maybe go check her out. So they go to find her encampment, but uh, uh, Kawasi is already there. And he's like, ah, yeah, she disappeared uh, right after the attack. That's weird. Hmm. Anyways, don't need to look for her now. I guess I'll take it. Because I am also a police officer now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, my boys in blue. I'll, I'll take this one. And they're like, dude, can you just, like, stop interfering and fucking up this investigation? 
He's like, not if I can make money off of it. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha Real uh, sleazy. So, uh, Sakiko, uh, back out in the world, uh, bumps into Kwasi on the street, and uh, he's asking to talk because he found the drawing that she dropped when she was attacked. So, uh, she, uh, he gets her trust a little bit. So, he takes her uh, to a restaurant, uh, eating just, like, a giant thing of ice cream. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I just, hated this whole scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is extremely uh, creepy stuff because he is very like, hey, I want the story, but also, uh, can I get a date, lady? Oh. And just uh, uh, drops a spoon, looks up her skirt, and doing suggestive licking of the ice cream, mm. all that fun that, stuff. That really was what got me because it's, yeah, he's... Drops a spoon, looks up her skirt for a very long time, and then it just hard cuts to him, like, slurping the, like, whipped cream off the ice cream. And it's just like, Hey, lady, want to talk about your trauma? Slurp, slurp. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind me. We have my big fancy Sunday. I'm here for a good time. So you're a tacker. (laughs) I know this is how your dates go. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let's trauma bond, baby. Hey. That one's too close. <laughs> Maybe that is how my dates go. Maybe that's why I haven't had a date in a while. <laughs> uh, so, uh, just, he's asking about a bunch of stuff, uh, just trying to get any information, uh, and... He's kind of saying, like, eh, some of this stuff doesn't seem to be adding up. Like, are you sure? Are you sure you're being honest with all of this? So, yeah, uh, just trying to get any information. She's extremely anxious because of this creepy dude and uh i skipped over this but before this she's like reading comments online the version of the show i watched didn't have any text translated but it it seemed like most most of what she's dealing with is people online being like oh she's fake she's faking it she's making it up she just wants attention or to get out of her work stuff blah 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 so uh, she's freaking out. Um, yeah, you're right. Mine had a translation, so. Uh, you uh, know, cool. the internet. Thank you. Yeah. Some yeah. of them were like, oh my god, so sorry this happened to you. But yeah, the majority were that. And then her yeah. little dog friend gave her a pep talk. Yeah, she has uh, her little uh, dog character. She has a stuffed animal of it that she brings with her everywhere. And it comes to life and talks to her and is like, hey, fuck the haters. Fuck the trolls. <laughs> They're just jealous of you. Uh, so, yeah, she has some trauma stuff going on. And uh, while going back to the thing, but since I skipped it, uh, back talking to uh, Kwasi with creepy ice cream, uh she hears roller skaters go by in, like, the peak of her anxiety and has a flashback to the attack. And she's like, oh, shit, I just remembered. Roller skates. The boy had roller skates on. Ah. Uh, So she goes back to the police and is like, okay, gold roller skates. That's pretty fucking specific. (laughs) So (laughs) hopefully this is helpful. Um, But, uh... She's. You can tell the show is older bit by how relevant inline skates are to the plot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean they're making a comeback, so it could also take place now. <laughs> are they? I, I don't go outside anymore. I wouldn't know. A bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like skates are like the front back skates. Yeah. It's whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so uh. So uh, she goes back from the police station, goes to her apartment, and Kwasi is at her door waiting for her. Just trying to get more info and possibly some smooches, babe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, she runs away and he's chasing her. Uh, She drops like a handkerchief with her character on it. He stops and picks it up. And when he does... He gets attacked by the roller skate kid. <gasps> ah. And uh, she's still running, like trips on the stairs, but up rolls the roller skate kid. And he's like, hmm, good to see you again. And just leaves. So he's, she's like, oh, fuck. Okay, okay, this sucks. This sucks. Everybody <laughs> and that's gets wh- one. Yeah. <laughs> You're good now. And 
Yeah, that's where the episode ends. Yeah. All right. So, uh, to speak of the opening, I love it. I, I love the opening so much. Oh, yeah. I glossed over it. This is probably one of my favorite openings I've seen for <laughs> most of the shows. I definitely enjoy it now, like, watching it and having context for the show. But I can still fully understand why it was so deeply unsettling to me. For a child, yes, I would understand. Oh, absolutely. Just every, like, in the show, like, cynical character just, like, very bigly smiling (laughs) is just very unsettling. Laughing into camera. I love it. But as a kid, I I didn't even have context of, like, oh, these are the characters. I just saw a bunch of people, like, maniacally laughing in a lot of situations where it looks like they are either about to die or, like, have Mm -hmm. died. And I'm just, like... And I knew there was a kid rolling around with a bat. And to me, there's nothing truly as terrifying as a child. So in combination <laughs> Even with as that, a child, you knew Even the as potential. a child. So with that and the just really... Like, that's the thing. It wasn't, it wasn't like, horrifying to me, the opening. It was just deeply unsettling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the song, too. It's a good song. I really, I really like everything about it. It's great. It's well done. Um, so um, we have this kid... His name is Yuichi, but his friends, well, everybody calls him Ichi uh, because everybody loves him. He's so good at everything. Fun. He's smart and he's good at sports and he's got a hat and golden skates mm. Mm. and and a, a, a bat. We see like a picture of him with a golden bat as well. So, oh, huh? yeah, he's good at everything, including sports. And yeah. murder. What? Wow. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like, we see him, like, he's, like, on his way to school, and, like, everybody is just like, oh, my God, hi, Ichi. Oh, my God, hi, how are you? Oh, look at his smile. He's so handsome. <laughs> it's, um, like, it's like a weird Disney Channel main character. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we see him, before leaving for school, he's, like, admiring his reflection and, like, practicing his smile. Ugh. Um, and then he heads off and he like says hello to some neighbors and they say hi back. But then he flashes his signature smile to some girls from his school and they ignore him. How dare they? Yeah. But I'm the most charming. How could this be? I'm but the- I'm the sweet baby boy. <laughs> Everyone loves me. Um, and then he gets to school. People ignore him, too. They just like run right past him. And then he opens his shoe locker. And there's a note saying "You're Shonen Bat," which is the name that the news has given this mm. this attacker. I'm glad you you had the translations because this yes. confused the hell out of me. I'm like, man, I don't know oh. what's happening right now. Yeah, this yeah. episode specifically has a lot of like graffiti Text. and messages and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I assume it's <laughs> just hate mail. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Um, but so he like gets smug about it, and he was like, "How could that possibly be me?" Like, I'm such a good boy. How could I be that criminal? I'm going to be the student council president. I'm Ichi. Everybody loves me. (laughs) Everyone loves Ichi. It's like a weird uh, sitcom starring Ray (laughs) Romano. Um, In case it's not clear, uh, his name is Yuichi. So sure, people call him Ichi. But Ichi is also Japanese for one. So he is number one. He's the best. That makes more sense. Yeah, so Ichi, like, Ichiban is like, that's the best thing. So um, he starts talking about this kid, Ushi, and he hates this kid. He's fat and poor, but for some reason, he's challenging Ichi's status. And he's an he, evil mastermind, but he's hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> Under his friendly countryside demeanor. Yeah. Um, and so he like... So Ichi sees himself like super highly um, and he goes into class and he sees writing all over his desk. This one is a bit extreme. It says like, oh, yeah, you're the guy. You're you're the attacker. You should be executed. Yo, so <laughs> that escalated real quick. Yeah. Yep. These kids are relentless. Um, And he like looks to Ushi like angrily as he's talking to like other people. And their, like, faces go all melty. And he's, it's evident that already Ichi is just losing it. I have no evidence it's this person, and I'm going all in on that theory. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
the cops found um I wrote her name her they call her Miss Sagi, so that's what I wrote in my notes. They found her handkerchief at the area where the dirty reporter dude got attacked, and um they want to know if she might know the attacker because she was at both crime scenes um and there's a funny moment where the bad cop tries to be nice and he like leans forward and talks to the little dog stuffed animal, and she's just like, "Are you fucking crazy?" <laughs> Um, cause he thinks that that's going to like get through to her. And she's like, I'm not a child. I think she says, what she say? Like he's unhinged and the cop's like, what? And she's talking about the attacker, but it definitely looks like she's talking to him. Mm. And that's why the other cop starts laughing. Um, so she asks about, yeah, she says, um, she says, is he okay? But, um, that's it. She's, yeah, she's referring to the, the reporter and, um, uh, yeah, they tell they tell her that he's fine. He's in stable condition. It's it's weird. Like this kid, this attacker uses a metal bat, but all of them come out okay. Like she, her leg was like bandaged up, and now this guy, like he's fine also. So like, I wonder, like, what is this kid getting out of this? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we go back to Ichi and he's like being ignored during like PE and he overhears people talking about him. Um, and I wrote this down. He says, everybody is being manipulated by the media. How idiotic. <laughs> there, there were a lot of lines, in, specifically in this episode, where I'm like, God, I hate how relevant these quotes are still are. <laughs> like, Yeah. Mm, too topical. We, uh, we wanted a break in this horror uh, anime. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Satoshi Kun, you prolific writer. Damn it. <laughs> um, and uh, it's like after school, and he sees Ushi helping some girls carry some big stacks of papers. And one of them is like, Hey, Ushi, like, do you want to come hang out at my house? And Ichi just fucking freaks out. And in his mind, like, we just hear his thoughts like overlapping and getting louder. Um, and. He's like looking at the group of people and they're just kind of staring at him like, what's your deal? And their faces go all melty again. Once again, there's um, nothing more terrifying than the unbridled confidence of a child. Truly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then Ichi is back at home and he's like telling his tutor about um, how he's being treated at school. Um, and I like it is. This is a problem. Like, it sucks that he's being treated this way, but the way he tells her is, like, it feels manipulative. Mm-hmm. Like, the way he's like, oh my gosh, like, I've never been bullied before. Like, everybody's always been so nice to me. I'm perfect. Um, oh, when and- a straight boy feels adversity for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. This is This is it. This is why it feels manipulative, is because he's, while he's concerned about the bullying, he's more concerned with fixing his reputation before the student council election because Ushi is running too and he just wants to beat Ushi. Yeah, it's all about his status and his ego and that's all that yeah. matters. Yeah. Um and the tutor is like, "Does anybody know?" and he's like, "No, like I'm going to deal with it." Um and then back at school, Ushi is kind of walking around the campus looking for Ichi and when he finds him, um, he's like, hi, Ichi, like, what did you want to talk about? And he's like, don't call me that. You don't get to call me that, you disgusting fat pig. Um, and then he accuses him of starting the rumor that he is the shonen bat kid. And Ichi, he, like, backs him into a wall. Um, and he, like, uh, Ushi starts crying. And Ichi gets kind of aggressive. And uh, we see someone snaps pictures of the situation. Um, and then in class, Ichi gets a message that has like the worst picture that somebody took. It's like a picture of him holding onto Ushi's wrist as he's trying to walk away. So he gets it first and he's like, oh, fuck. And then everybody else in his class gets it. Um, and then Ushi stands up and he says, Ichi is being bullied. Like, if things keep up this way, he's going to be cast out, and we have to fix this. It's not fair to Ichi. And Ichi is mortified. He's like, how dare this kid pity me? What the hell? First he sets me up with this photo op, and then he's playing the good guy. What a monster. 
for someone who's genuinely like, hey, stop, this kid's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Ushi's a very sweet boy. Mm-hmm. And Ichi just, you know, sucks and is going a little crazy. So, you know, he's having a time. It's the thing where the manipulator thinks everyone else is manipulating stuff around them because that's what their th- line of thought usually is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see the cops walking together and they're talking about the homeless lady. Like, oh, where is she? Um, and then they show their drawing of Shonen Bat to a woman, and she, like, gasps. <gasps> she recognizes him. Um, and then we, like, hear snippets of people talking about the whole Shonen Bat situation, what he looks like, the weapon he uses. Um, oh, also, as- uh, uh, sorry, real quick. Just in the dub for us, the name was Lil Slugger. Lil <laughs> Slugger. Great. Wow. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, like it pretty much in Japanese that pretty much means bat boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I know. just realized we haven't said it yet and I just love Little Slugger for little this slug. serial attacker. Yeah. <laughs> the pint size uh, pint size slasher. <laughs> yeah. Just a sweet kid. Um so as we're like hearing this these snippets of like what he looks like and stuff like these exaggerations also um we see that some kids have vandalized Ichi's like campaign picture. And they gave him, like, pointy teeth and red eyes, and they drew him with the bat and stuff. Um, and then the teacher comes up and pulls him into the conference room, and the cops are there to ask him questions. And they're like, they've asked him questions that we don't hear, and then their last question for him is if he knows Sagi. And he's like, oh, she was the first victim, right? I don't, I don't know her. I just know what I've seen on the news. And then they apologize, and they're like, you know, like, you're not really a suspect but we have to check you out and then the teacher blows up at them and she's like he's being bullied because of this and like you so you need to find the actual the actual attacker and arrest him but it's like hey lady (laughs) you're the teacher (laughs) i can't control this (laughs) i guess but she i don't know she should be like hey kids stop bullying this other kid please they outnumber her (laughs) <laughs> I've seen go over. We know travels. how scary kids are. <laughs> um, and then he has a vision of his birthday party, which is coming up, and everyone is there. Like he's imagining what it would be like once they do find the attacker and he's arrested. Um, he's like every everyone is there, giving him gifts and apologizing, like groveling at his feet, feeling so bad for believing anything Ushi would tell them, even though Ushi is definitely not the one who started this rumor. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, now that I talked to the police and the police said, it's probably not me, that will free my name. Mm-hmm. I like um, I like in his fantasy that everyone's giving him gifts like you know one kind of looks like a baseball bat wrapped in gift wrap one's just a big present you know stereotypical one girl just gives him a full urn like a full vase and I'm just like what the fuck he's a pharaoh <laughs> like, I'm just like what is this <laughs> um and then it's the actual day of his party and no one shows up it's just his mom and his tutor. And he does a little party popper just by himself. <laughs> um, yeah, like Dugan said, he was like, I guess the investigation did not help my case. Um, and then we see him throw out his skates. Um, and he kind of has a moment like staring at them and he breaks down a little bit and cries. And then he runs off and like we just see like the street that he threw the skates, threw the skates away on. And it, it, it looks like it's the same street as uh, the one that Sagi saw the woman digging through the trash oh, I didn't even realize in the that. first episode. So in my mind, I'm like, is this a time thing? Like, is the attacker, like, did he, like, take the... Is he a time traveler? <laughs> <laughs> did he take the skates and then start attacking people? Doc- but that's, I mean, that's who knows what the case is right now. And we don't know. Doctor Who's had it. He's going through time and just beating people with bats now. <laughs> I'm fucking sick of humans now. God, I'd watch that Doctor Who. I gave you so many fucking chances. <laughs> Every time. Um, And he wonders why this has to happen to him. And he's walking home from school and he sees Ushi. Who's carrying a palm tree? Yeah, yeah. never addressed. <laughs> never explained. Fine. Great, perfect. It's addressed, but not explained. Yes. <laughs> um, and then Ushi is like, you know, like I'm not upset about what you did. Like I understand what you're going through. I hope the actual attacker gets arrested so people will leave you alone. 
And he talks about how at his last school, he got bullied so badly, and that's why he had to transfer to Ichi's school. And before he left, his counselor told him to be positive. So that's what he's done. And in Ichi's mind, he is just angry. There's like, I really, this part is like cool. Cause like Ushi is just having like this heartfelt moment where he's like, yeah, like I understand what you're going through. And then it would cut to Ichi's mind being like, I wish you would get attacked. And then Ushi would say something nice again. And then it would be Ichi's mind saying something terrible again. And I thought that was so cool. It's very yeah. well done. He, he's just like, so truly like unraveling uh, Ichi's like whole thing. He's like, yeah, I got bullied. So for like confidence, I want to try to go for student government. And he's like, he's after me. He's targeting me specifically. He needs my sterling reputation. It's like, can, can you listen for half a second, man? It's like in Meet the Robinsons, where they're like, hey, Goob, you want to hang out with me? And he's like, everyone hated me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so he, he, he not just wishes Ushi would get attacked, like, for solely malicious reasons. He also wants him to get attacked. So he gets him out of the way for the student council. So he can then pretend to, like, feel bad that it happened. So everyone will be like, oh, Ichi, what a nice, empathetic boy. Um, and just then, while Ichi is, like, in this mind space, Ushi does get attacked by Shonen Bat. Um, and then Ichi gets, like, manic happy. Um, and he chases after him, and he's, like, yelling for him to wait. Um, and then the Shonen Bat turns around, and he, like, tilts his cap up and smiles, just like Ichi does. And he turns around and rolls away, and Ichi can't catch him. Oh. I oh this I'm so glad I got to do this episode because this one was my favorite. It's <laughs> a good one. Um, yeah. So Sagi is watching the news and she hears about the report um, of Ushi's attack and she's like, "Huh, I do think I know that kid." But then little stuffed dog reassures her that even if she did, it was a long time ago. And she's like, "You've been acting different lately, and I think you should stop. Like, just forget about things that happened and." Go back to normal. I don't like you right now. Um, <laughs> Little dog, you gotta chill. <laughs> yeah, normally you're quiet and not animated and don't talk to me. I don't like this recent development. <laughs> I don't like your tone. <laughs> um, and the cops visit Ushi, but he's just laying in bed with like an oxygen mask so they don't ask him anything. Um and as they drive away, uh, we didn't mention this in the first episode, but there's a part where we see that the old man's equation that he was writing out equals oh, yeah. to 510, which was um, Soggy's hospital room and it's her apartment number. And then in this episode, it equals to one, mm -hmm. which is Ichi. So, mm. that was more Ooh. spooky. Yeah. Um. And Ichi is going crazy. He's sitting in his room, uh, watching an old video of himself playing baseball, thinking about how great he is. And then his mom knocks on the door and he's, she's like, why aren't you at school? It's, it's election day. But he doesn't want to go because he knows that he's going to get blamed for Ushi's attack and there's nothing he can do to make people believe that it wasn't him. Um, and his mom is trying to get in, but his door is locked. Uh, but then he goes into a big melty vision where she gets into his room um, and then he's outside in a big melty world where the colors are all super bright and unrealistic. Um, and there's like, he sees some old ladies on the street being like, hey, that's the Shonen Bat kid. That's the attacker. And then the kids from his school calling him a murderer and stuff. Um... And then he, in the distance, he sees the actual shonen bat rolling towards him. And he goes, hey. And he turns around, but no one's there anymore. And he's like, there he is. Like, it's not me. There he is. And then he rolls up and smacks him with the bat. And at this point, we're like, did this really happen? Or was it in his mind? It really happened. So he did get attacked. And that's how episode two ends. Yeah. Everyone's getting whacked. Yep. I, I, I'm not 100% sure if it's clear, but I think the bat gets warped more with like each attack. It seemed like a little dented the first episode, and it seemed real dented this episode. Mm, I didn't notice. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell if it was uh, Ichi's like 
warped imagination yeah. animation or just like the bat itself was just canonically getting more bent. Yeah, I mean, there's like 13 episodes of this show, so that bat is going to be real messed up by the last episode. <laughs> it's just a pretzel. <laughs> it's just all mm-hmm. wrapped around. Yeah, so we get uh, episode 13. Starts off with lots of anime figures, and then a big old otaku nerd just going at it, just plowing into some prostitute. And I thought it was a sex doll at first, because she didn't move for a while. And I'd be like, yeah, he would have a sex doll. Um but uh, she gets up and uh, leaves and calls. I guess it's just her handler. It's it's not very clear, but the uh, person who's kind of like arranging clients for her. So she leaves after uh, hooking up with him. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got another client for you. It's right down the block. So uh, once you're finished with him, you can just go on home. And then we see her uh, call back uh, someone again. And we hear some voicemail messages saying, um, I forget the first one said. It said like, uh why are you doing... How long are you going to do this? How long are you going to do that? That's it. Um, and then it kind of, like, repeats the message, and then we get the response to that message of, like, her calling back, saying, like, I'm just living my life. I'm I'm doing it to, while I'm having fun and, you know, while I still enjoy it, so I'm going to keep doing it. And then we see uh, her getting home and checking her, uh, vo- uh, her answering machine, also dating the show a little bit. <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, we get those voicemails again. Like, how long are you going to keep doing this? She's like, stop calling me. I'm going to keep doing it as long as I want. Like, why bother? And then we see her uh, sit down on the couch and she pulls off her long black hair and it's a wig. And we find out, um, she takes off her makeup too and we find out it's the tutor from the last episode, Miss Chona. I loved this reveal because we keep seeing them. We kept seeing the tutor and this girl with long hair together, like in the opening mm-hmm. and in the ending. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, well, obviously they're connected. Like maybe they're sisters or maybe they're a couple, but no, it's the same, it's the person. same person. I was so like, I like gasped a little bit. I was like, Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that, especially from what we've seen offered at this point. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. So she takes off the wig and then the voicemail message keeps playing. And at this point, this is when I start realizing, like, this kind of sounds like a conversation in her head, like, between her and herself. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, cut to a reporter outside of the school uh, talking about when uh, Yuichi got attacked and that now he's hospitalized. And then we see the detectives who were uh, reviewing the case again. They're in, like, the hospital lobby, kind of running over to clues again. And the one detective's like, it's just, it's all just random attacks and the senior detectives like no no they're not it seems random but there there has to be some connection there has to be a through line like why else would they be targeting this like specific area and stuff and that's when we see the tutor walking out um she was visiting yuichi like we saw in the last episode or no we didn't see the last episode but she was visiting yuichi and mm-hmm. uh then it cuts to i guess she's at work and i think this is like a school or something or maybe like a university or college um, but she's in like an office room with a lot of books around and uh, a coworker, and uh, she's just dropping off some papers to him. And he's like, "Oh, uh, while you're here, do you think you can make some tea?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure." And uh, and thinks she doesn't know who she is. I think she's having like a little existential conversation, like in her head, a little crisis. Mm. And then we get a brief montage of all the times she goes out as Maria, which is the uh, prostitute identity of her going out and. Uh, hooking up with all these guys and banging away the night. And mm. <laughs> You're not wrong, but I don't like how you're saying it. Uh, isn't that every episode, though? Uh, and then we snap back to uh, Chono. Snap back to reality. <laughs> oh. God, I was going to say the rest, but I don't know the lyrics. Um, there goes gravity. That's all I know. <laughs> but it's uh, Chono, the tutor, talking with a doctor. And the doctor's saying, like, oh, I just had a talk with Maria. Uh, She was kind of saying, you know, uh, she wants you to live your best life. And uh, saying, like, yeah, take care of yourself. And she's taking care of herself. That's why she's doing all this stuff. She wants to do all this. So she's, you know, she told me to tell you to, like, you know, kind of get on with your own life the way she is. And uh, we see Maria uh, is living her life. Yeah, she's saying Maria is living her life unafraid. And wants the tutor to be at peace. Uh, and then we cut back to uh, Miss Chono waking up on the couch. But like in the Maria makeup and stuff. She has like a fake mole and like big uh, bright lipstick and stuff. Um, and it seems like 
every time this happens, like the switch off between these two people, uh, it seems like the answering machine is like the key of like when Maria calls and leaves a message. And then uh, when she comes home, she replays the answering machine messages and that like changes Maria back into Miss Chono. And uh, there, uh, there's a scene of her back at the school with her coworker. And she just like hands him more papers. Like, oh, here you go. And it's like, oh, yeah, thanks for the reports. Hey, by the way, would you marry me? It's like, oh. <laughs> this is romance. This is, oh, man, just sweep me off my feet here. Nameless fiance. <laughs> like, we, we don't even get his name, I don't think. I don't remember. It does. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, he just asked her to marry her. And it's like, oh, weird. And then we get cut to the answering machine where she just starts deleting all of the messages. Uh, from Maria and then we cut to uh, Maria out with a client who's uh, talking to her as she's like getting changed and he's like oh man this is the last night she's like yep I'm done after this we're done we're through I'm I'm getting out of the game so uh, let's make it a night to remember and he's like oh come on why are you quitting like what are you getting married or something it's like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) and uh, so then the next day uh, she wakes up and plays the answering machine and there's no new messages She's like, oh, we're done. And she starts taking all of her dresses, uh, Maria's dresses, and all the elaborate makeup and starts putting them away and uh, puts them in, like, a suitcase in the back of the closet. She's like, I'm done. It's over. It's no longer part of me. And then we see her out on a boat ride, like, on a little lake, a little paddle boat with her fiancé. And they're talking a bit. Real, real engaging conversation for two people about to get married. Oh, yeah. Just... Mm, solid. They have so much in common. They uh, work together. The romance work is palpable. Together. That's it. <laughs> end of end of list. End of list. And to watch, she's out on the boat. She her phone rings, and um, oh, the last night when she was Maria, the guy, the client was asking like, "Hey, how about you give me the phone number?" She's like, "You got me." He's like, "No, the white phone, your personal phone number, not your business phone." Um, so when she's out with her fiance on the boat, her the white cell phone rings, which is her personal phone. And it's her handler who, like, arranged for her to meet clients and stuff uh, when she was a prostitute. And he's like, hey, I got another client for you. She's like, How did, how'd you get this number? I told you I quit. Like, what are you, what are you doing calling me? He's like, nah, you said you were quitting, quitting. Like, you were quitting that quitting thing. So then you're working, right? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You gave me this number. Like, why would you give me that number if you didn't want me to have it? So um, she starts freaking out and panicking. And then it cuts to her back in her apartment. And all of the clothes and makeup are back out, like, on the you know, desk and back in the closet. And then she goes and sees there's a new message on her answering machine. And when she plays it, it's Maria saying she's self, uh, Chono's being selfish, only thinking about herself, and that Maria's not going to go away that easily. So, yeah, uh-oh, here we go. And so she starts uh, panicking a little bit, and that's when the phone rings. And uh, it rings for a few times, and we get different, like, cuts of the apartment around. And then when the last time it rings... She picks it up, and it's Maria who answered it this time. So then we cut to, we see uh, Chono and her fiancé talking to, like, a wedding planner. And they're saying, like, no, we don't want a big formal event. We just want, we'll we'll just get, like, wedding pictures, prove that we got married. And then we'll just do, like, a city hall sort of marriage thing. Like, nothing, nothing fancy. So we uh, see Chono trying on, like, the wedding dress, uh, talking with uh, the planners there. And while she's doing it, while she's, like, putting on the dress and getting ready, it's cutting to different shots of Maria also getting ready to go out for the night. So you have the good comparison there with the shots. Um, Mm -hmm. And the whole time there's, like, a voiceover, like, argument of, like, in her head between um, Chono and Maria. And uh, Chono's uh, fiance. And then there's also shots of Chono and her fiance going to, like, a jewelry store. uh, And he buys her a necklace, like, with a heart around it. He's like, ah, you know, until we can get the ring, here's, you know, here's something else to kind of tide you over until then. And uh, we see them, like, in an actual church, like an empty church, getting the wedding pictures. And they're like, oh, I didn't think they'd go this far with it. And they're like, yeah, they, you know, they're, they're real pictures. They're, you know, it's real photography and all that stuff. It's just, you know, not the ceremony. And uh, after they, they get the pictures, we cut to uh, Chono's doctor congratulating her on getting engaged and saying, like, hey, you know, you should probably tell your fiance about your condition. It. She's like, oh, you think so? He's like, yeah, that's. It's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. You know. Important. I know you live you, together. I know you just <laughs> met this person a week ago, but like, if you're getting married, 
So uh, after he tells her that, uh, we cut to uh, Chona in the hospital room visiting Yuichi and talking about his attack and stuff. And uh, he sits up. He's like, are you okay, Miss Chono? And he, she's like, oh, yeah, do you need the doctor? He's like, no, I think I think you need the doctor. You seem like someone who would need a doctor more. And it's like, the fuck does that mean, you little bastard? Uh, <laughs> I'll smash your head right. again. <laughs> he's right, but he doesn't have the context for why he's right. It's just like, what are you, <laughs> you little shit? Um, we also hate Yuichi, so <laughs> I already got baggage. Um, but, uh, yeah, we see... Um, after she visits him, uh, Custachona throwing out all of Maria's clothes and makeup. Uh, this time she put them in bags and, like, took them to a dump. Like, she got a taxi ride to, like, the city dump and threw them all out. That way she wouldn't have easy access to them. And, uh, while she's there, we see this big old crow, uh, fly down and, like, crow, crow at her. Um, the same way one flew down when she got a call when she was on the boat ride with her fiancé. It's like, ah, an omen. Uh, uh, physical representation of Maria's uh, dissatisfaction. Very good. And we see her walking back uh, to the cab, and the cab driver's like, hey, lady, how long I gotta wait here? <laughs> and uh, when we see her walking back, we see like a little glint in her eye, and uh, she like, answers the phone. It's kind of like, ah, that's Maria now. They switched. So then uh, back at work with her fiance, she asks him, uh, he's like, hey, who's Maria? She's like, what? What do you mean? She's like, you called me the other night and kind of sounded like you were drinking a bit. And you mentioned like a, a lady named Maria. And I'm, who is that? And she's like, ah, shit. All right, got to go double check. And it cuts to her in a cab uh, going back to the dump to make sure the clothes are still there. And while she's in the cab, the cab driver's like, hey, you kind of look familiar. Have we met before? Like, have you been in my cab recently? And when he says that, she's looking at a picture with him and Maria, like, you know, from a night they clearly spent together. She's like, ah, fuck. Mm-hmm. So uh, she goes back to the dump and she sees that the clothes and makeup, they ain't there. Like she finds the spot and she finds the trash bags and that's not what's in the trash bags anymore. And uh, when she like steps away, she sees the heart necklace that her fiance got her dangling from like, you know, a rusted bed frame or something. She's like, ah, nuts. Ah, beans. Aw. <laughs> And, oh shucks, I did it again. Oh boy, wacky Jono. Uh and we get a little voiceover Maria saying like she's never letting her go. She's like, I'm not I'm not leaving ever. Like this is this is us like through thick and thin here, baby. Get used to it. And uh during this little like uh crisis moment turn like snaps back to herself and she's back in the hospital again visiting uh, Yuichi. And he says he's talking about his attack and he's like yeah, if if I'm being honest, like when little slugger attacked me, it's it's kind of freeing. Like it proved I wasn't the attacker anymore. People stopped like suspecting me of it, and then they started sympathizing with me and like uh, feeling sympathy for me because you know I got attacked. So you know it it helped a lot. So you know, it's like it's it's kind of a freeing experience. And uh, he says that, and Maria keep, or and Chono keeps hearing the message of Maria replaying over and over in her head. Of, like, she wants to be free. Maria wants to be free, too. So that just keeps looping and looping and looping. And then uh, we see her back in her apartment playing with the answer, playing the message on the answering machine over and over and over again. And then uh, she eventually, like, kind of snaps and takes the answering machine and breaks it and throws it against the ground. And then uh, Maria calls on her white cell phone. So Maria's calling Jono on her own phone, which is very suspicious. Spooky. And so she calls her saying Chono's the fake one and uh, Maria's the real one. And it's all just this whole facade. Like, what are you even doing with yourself? You don't even know who you are. And uh, after she has that conversation, she takes the picture, like a framed picture of Maria that's hanging over the answering machine and starts smashing it um, and trying to destroy the picture frame. And while she's doing that, she like lifts her hands up and another hand comes out and grabs her and stops her from destroying the picture. And then we see... Uh, I didn't mention this because it wasn't relevant, but there's like, when she goes out as Maria, there's like two Marias. There's the long, straight black hair wig, and then there's like a short, like, kind of manic pixie cut wig. So there's like two uh, two standard outfits she has when she goes out as Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she was smashing the picture frame and someone stopped her, and then it cuts to her, uh, cuts to Maria, both Marias, dragging Chona down the street, and uh, as Chona's like fighting her, the whole, fighting them the whole time. And, um, 
the whole time she's struggling, she remembers uh, what Yuichi said about little slugger. He's like, yeah, it was kind of like a freeing <laughs> moment. Um, and then right as she remembers that, as they're like fighting the whole time in the street, we kind of get shots, uh, like silhouetted shots of her. Um, we never get a broad shot of the whole scene. It's always either a close-up on one or two of the Marias, and then a close-up shot of uh, Chono struggling. And then when we get the broad shot, it's just a silhouette of just one person, like, wearing one of the Maria wigs, like, fighting themselves, it looks like. So, uh, and then when she remembers what Yuichi said, Little Slugger appears right on cue and attacks Jono. And right as he's uh, flying up on her, uh, you know, she's silhouetted and dark, and then as it gets closer, her face lights up. And when she sees she's wearing the long Maria wig that falls off with the other Maria wig underneath, but she also has just like clown makeup on like it looks like grease paint like makeup at this point um and uh right when she gets attacked cuts away and the detective the detectives are there uh visiting her in the hospital after she got attacked and i'm not sure if they actually talk to her we see her fiance is in there with her um and they're kind of just in the doorway so i'm not sure if she they actually questioned her at all i think in the in the sub they say like we shouldn't do this right now and then they leave. Okay. Yeah. Kind of remember that. Um, yeah. So they're walking away and uh, the younger detective kind of seems like, huh. Uh, the victims all look kind of relieved after their attacks. And the other detective's like, what? He's like, yeah, like they got attacked and that's bad. Clearly they're in the hospital, but like they weren't, they seemed more distraught anytime we saw them before the attack. And then after the attacks, they seem more at peace. He's like, that's kind of weird. And then uh, the tech, as they're getting in the elevator, they see the old man uh, drawing on the floor again, you know, muttering to himself, writing, that's, writing out this huge equation. And the nurse is like, all right, Mr. So-and-so, let's get you back to your room. we get you some paper to draw on. And the uh, next morning we see Chono and her fiancé living together. They, they established earlier they weren't. So it's like, oh, they've moved in together now. Now that they're married, I guess. <laughs> and they're watching a news report. <laughs> saying like we arrested little slugger we got him he's in custody and we just get a shot of like a police uh officer kind of in front really nervous and it doesn't look confident in himself and uh right as he's about to talk the tv turns off and after it turns off it zooms out and we see um it's the little little dog uh mascot little dog plushie sitting on the remote saying like all right uh I already forgot her name. She's, but she's like, all right, no need to keep watching that. We're done. You know, everything's wrapped up. We can move on now. So back to work. She's like, all right, here we go. And that's episode three. Yeah. Ooh, so. Oh, yeah. It's, there's a lot going on in this. It's a fun ride. It's but a lot. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. Very <laughs> dense yeah. with storyline. I mean, it's I enjoyed it. Because it reminded me a lot of Do <laughs> and but it, there is a lot of characters going on, and they all tie in together. And like, uh, like Dana said, the the alleyway where uh, Yuichi's throwing out his skates looked like the same alleyway with the old uh, homeless woman digging through the trash uh, before the attack. And I was like, I didn't even realize that, but yeah, it, it did look the same. So a lot of the characters with seemingly no connections crossing over and you know tying together somehow. Yeah, I'm gonna preface this because whenever we talk about cop dramas like this we keep having the same fight so i'm gonna get in front of that and say we can't go down this road for like the eighth episode but i (laughs) i was also comparing this to durara in my head because i liked this a lot more i feel like this it sort of took it in a more almost like anthology series sort of way. Like it didn't try to be like, Mm -hmm. uh, here's a hint that things are tying together. Ha ha. mm, uh, Let me drop this very clear clue. And it, it just gave those like subtle things of like, it's the same alleyway or this tutor is also uh, the uh, Mm -hmm. person connected to this. We don't need to like shoehorn their stories together, but it just, those like very subtle light ways because like, this show by itself, uh, 
because it is like the style of the creator has just a lot of like cutaway seemingly random stuff just even just as like set dressing and like this is the world and how people think about things so having those seeing a purposeful like here's a small little snippet of something and then it's still being worked into the context of the narrative later on is like ooh, this is fun it it stands alone, so it it's not like, okay, you're trying to set something up, I guess I'll find out in 12 episodes, and goes into, okay, I'll put that in the back of my mind, and, oh, you connected those things, okay, cool. Yeah, the cool, payoffs, is the little world-building <laughs> side payoffs are usually paid off within that episode. And yeah, I fully understand what you mean, where, like, Dura-Ra is like, mm-hmm. we're gonna uh, give you a little sampler pack of every character in every episode, or like, a lot of characters in, you know, one episode and then this like you said the anthology is like this is yuichi's episode this is chono's episode like all the characters we see in the opening sequence like it feels like they're all going to get their own episode and then you know cross over with others when they need to but you know that that one episode is going to focus on just them for the most part yeah i think the other thing too is that this is only 13 episodes so they have less time than do Ra mm-hmm. did to tie things together and i think i think another thing is that like, all of these characters are pretty much, they're tied together by Little Shonen Slug. Bat slash Little Slugger. <laughs> like, that's all something that they're worrying about, whereas in Durarara, they all have their own things going yeah. on that eventually come together. But in this, it's like, they're all, they're all living in this situation. So, that yeah, simplifies the, it a little the, bit, too. The primary plot but, is still around, yeah. yeah, the assaults and the Shonen Bat and Little Slugger versus Durara. There is, like, you know, every character has their own plot, and then there is an overarching A plot, B plot, and C plot of the whole season. So, yeah, this one is concise. It's like, we know, yeah. we know what the story is, and we know how we're going to tell it in these 13 episodes. Yeah, we don't yeah. get bogged down by, like, oh, let's learn about the gang that runs the prostitution ring. Oh, let's talk about, like, the big uh, company that uh, is corrupt and uh, doing this, like, character design thing. And, like, just these very, like, big concepts that they're like, okay, we need everything to be big and grand. It's like, no, just one silhouette of roller a guy skates. on uh, <laughs> roller skates, and that's you all don't you need. need world building for 13 episodes. Yeah. Like, yeah. This matters. It's okay. That's yeah. all you need. I, I fully understand those criticisms. Yeah, they're very accurate. <laughs> I loved this though. I cannot mm-hmm. wait to finish this. <laughs> yeah, this is very good. It's it's so it's kind of freeing because I'm so used to being like I'm just not into these like cop drama. Uh, oh, let's find this mysterious killer things and. Finding one I do like and being able to go, oh, this is what I like about this. This is what what works for me in this genre. It it's very because it, that is not about the cops. It's like yeah. the cops are very much a side character rather than like the main focus. Yeah, even if it is just like boil it down to like criminal investigation yeah. shows. Yeah, sort I can of. see that. It's I mean, it's it's a very renowned and highly regarded anime series for a reason, so it is good. I mean, I say that even though we've had our fair share of problems with other very popular series for some fucking reason. Um, Yeah. But yeah, this was one that I actually had, I watched like a video uh, essay about uh, Paranoia Agent and like a dissection of it before watching it, so I already knew the ending and I knew a lot of the themes and stuff Mm. going into it. Um, and, you know, it spoiled it for me, but it also helped me appreciate it as I was watching it because I'm like, oh, I see it's piecing it together. Like, I can still enjoy yeah. the series, even though the big twist, the M. Night Shyamalan twist was revealed to me. Oh. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. I'll probably find after I finish it, I'll definitely look into stuff like that. But I get that, too, because like that's I watched The Good Place because I found out about the twist. Same. Like, yeah, like some things are just like. I mean, I think this would be interesting without knowing anything. Like, obviously, I'm very interested in it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it does make it more interesting where you're like, oh, wow, like, I can see how this is going to pay off in the end. And I can see how this does this thing. Mm-hmm. That can be cool, too. Yeah. But even even with knowing, because we've talked about this before, where um, it's the, I forget exactly what shows we've mentioned on, uh, particularly I've complained about it, but it's the mystery of a show, breadcrumbing it. 
And then the deus ex machina out of nowhere, it's like, haha, I bet you didn't see this coming. It's like, no, how fucking could I? I didn't think Jesus would come down and stop Little Slugger. Like, and it's <laughs> like in another a there you go. Yeah. horror anime that had a bad twist. <laughs> but with this show, knowing full well what the ending is, I can see the through line of like, oh, no, they're definitely like breadcrumbing it. And like, well, like. Even if you don't know what the ending is, you might be able to piece it together and figure out what's happening with these three episodes that we watched. It's not some crazy out of nowhere, like, no one can plan uh, ending. It is very well seated throughout this series, even just the first three episodes. Nice. Yeah. That yeah. makes me so excited. Yeah, because, like, already I have, like, theories theory. in my head. And I'm like, I'm going to keep an eye out for this specific thing to see if it keeps happening. And, mm. like, that also makes you excited to keep watching because it is like, oh, I genuinely feel like I have a lead on this puzzle and I want to keep getting these clues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just imagine you two like trying to figure out like a case like, oh, what about oh this might be it. And then I'm over in the corner, uh Charlie Day, like uh Peppy Sylvia style with all the <laughs> fucking strings like and I'm like with do rah rah like I got like forty seven ideas and it's like avoid that don't give him coffee anymore. Like keep keep him calm. <laughs> so it's like, Take some deep breaths. <laughs> our our uh red yarn map is a straight line. Yes. Yeah. Yours is wild <laughs> it's just mine is more of just a red wall like the string has just covered <laughs> the wall at this point you can't see the paper anymore so well i think it's safe to say we've made it mm-hmm. yeah oh it's been it's been a while yeah it's, it's ping pong <laughs> what was the last one ping pong yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah well that was yeah i consider them I feel I feel very similarly about this as I did with ping pong. I think I think this is really good. <laughs> I really like seeing the the fluid style of animation in both. Like yes, especially in the hallucinogenic world where he's like I freaking out. I love the animation in this. Mm-hmm. It's like ooh, that's it's very Satoshi going. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're gonna keep the spooky train rolling for next week. We got a, a listener recommendation. We're gonna watch Ghost Stories. <laughs> oh yeah yeah keep this good train rolling yeah just the, yes, hits. the spooky yeah. yeah when i i oh i mentioned this was gonna be the pick i got uh scary reactions from dana and brendan <laughs> so um not super hopeful but uh yeah we'll we'll see <laughs> it'll be fun we'll have a fun time <laughs> Uh, if there's a show you would like us to watch, uh, you can send your recommendations to us, areweebthereyet at gmail.com, or reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram, areweebthereyet on both. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Patrick Dugan. You can find me on Instagram at Queen Period Weeaboo and on Twitter at Queen underscore Weeaboo and Queen underscore Weeaboo Art. You can find me on Twitter at ABTS Brendan. It stands for Almost Better Than Silence. It's a video game podcast I do, and we also stream sometimes. I may or may not be starting the Digimon game soon. Oh, no. Wow, thanks for that warning. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to try and bring you two into it. I'm blocking Twitch mm. on my computer. Mm. Set up the child <laughs> the blocks. The entire website. <laughs> uh, thank you to Camille Ruley for our artwork, and thank you to Louis Zong for our theme song stories. You can find all of Louis' music at louisong.bandcamp.com. Thank you, and we hope you'll join us next week as we learn to live with anime. I wish I could roller skate. I hate children. (laughs) 